going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, but I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-Wing. We haven't sold a power converter in weeks, so I suppose we're going to talk about some X-Wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Port Jenkins. And uh, let's face it, it's been a slow couple of weeks in the X-Wing world, up until about the last couple days. So uh, during our time off, what have we all been up to? Anything exciting? I quit my job. Heck yeah! Woo. Yeah, everyone yeah. should be quitting jobs. Like, wait, are you done? Hold on. <laughs> talking about you, did you like got a job after you finished up with the AGR stuff or no? Oh, okay. I, I wasn't quitted yet, was I? Yeah, you you were out of the guard, but you hadn't finished up with the AGR uh, job yeah. now. But yeah, now you are a completely free man. I am free. I am feeling the burden of bills. And it is way more happier than my last job, so let's go. All right. <clears throat> so you taking a little bit of time off for yourself, or are you looking for something like, you know? Uh, no, I'm taking off. Uh, I think Donna gave me like two months, and I was like, that sounds fair. So it's just me and Lily most days. And, uh, yeah. uh, so like Tuesdays, Wednesday, Thursday, that's me and Lily. And then uh, it's family time from Friday to Monday. Good deal, good deal. I mean, ha- having your weekends free for family is nice. Oh, it's yeah, it's been it's been good. Indeed. Yeah. I have the opposite going on this weekend. I have the whole house to myself this weekend, so it'll be cool. Um, no, I haven't done anything exciting lately. It's the end of baseball season. Um, Alex yeah. seven hundred home runs. That was pretty cool. Judge got sixty two. Yeah. Also pretty cool. I want to make my official stance. So that's the clean home run record. Um, yeah, arguably say that's fair because that that passes uh, Maris and it passes Maris and Ruth. Yeah, so oh. sixty-two is by is definitively the American League record. But I, it is the American League. Yeah, what's the NL? Yeah. NL record is seventy-two yeah. from Bonds. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to argue that nobody who hit more than sixty-two in the NL was clean. So I'm uh, yeah, hey, those people just ate their vitamins and uh, trained really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was it. Barry head tripled in size in one summer. But <laughs> Speaking of baseball, I saw a term the other day, and it suddenly slipped my mind. It's uh, total number of home runs. What are they called? The, a home run that would be, distance-wise, a home run in every ballpark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a robot on Twitter that tells us that. Wood at yeah. Dong. It's Wood at Dong. Oh. I love Wood it. Yeah, Dongers. <laughs> oh, so and, that's interesting. So, like, it tells you, like, those people who play in Little League fields, no, that, it, it takes the. It's when a pro hits a home run. Which a, yeah, pro? no, no, no. When I'm ta- I meant like Fenway uh, Park. Like, oh, it's a tiny little field compared to like Bush Stadium or or uh, uh, Both Kaufman. of which are pretty yeah. pretty cavernous stadiums, to be fair. Yeah, like yeah. you could hit. Well, what's the wallet? What's the wallet, Fenway? Fenway, the monster's like two seventy, two eighty. Oh my god, it's like four ten at Kaufman. Yeah, I say like. And like okay. But they were showing the list of like. If you took only home runs that would have been a home run in the longest ballpark, uh, Judge was still leading, I think. I mean, so. Yeah, Judge is – he's a monster. He's having a monster. This is the best – by FWAR, fan graphs wins above replacement. Okay, it's probably too deep. He's having the best season since the 50s besides Bonds' 72 home run season. So mm-hmm. he's having the best season since the 50s. It's insane. Yeah, he's, like, 
Shohei is doing something remarkable. But I think this year you got to give the MVP to Judge. This is not a baseball podcast. But it could. <laughs> no, but it no could I was actually. I was, probably. <laughs> I was having this argument with a friend of mine whom is a Yankees fan. And I'm not, not a Yankees fan. I really love what Judge is doing. And I like the team this year. But uh, I was on Shohei Otani's bandwagon for a long time for MP, MVP this year. But, like, when you see Judge's numbers and then you see how he acts when he hits a home run and everybody's cheering for him, and if he's losing the game, he's pissed. Like, he's leading all of it. I think he should totally do it. Also, totally the Cardinals are the only team this year Judge did not hit a home run off of. Wow. It was only three games in St. Louis. But we he got, but like, eight sweep, hits. right? So he it was like, pretty brutal. Yeah, he went, like, eight for 12, but none of them were home runs. <laughs> yeah, that was a brutal series for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. That was great. But yeah, I think Judge should totally like. I'm I'm on like, that. Shohei's going to win it every year anyway. He won it last year. <laughs> He's going to win it every year unless somebody puts up a Judge year like this. So let's let's let Judge have it. Yeah, for real. Also, Judge yeah. is he might be winning the triple crown in the AL. He was real close last I saw. Triple crown's ball. Oh yeah. Well, so now uh, he was like within point zero one. For the uh, RBI, no RBI. Uh, the batting average. Batting average, yeah. He, I think he. Oh, had he he missed it by batting average. No, he just missed. Um, what was his face in Minnesota? Luis Arise. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh he, he lost by yeah. five points. Arise had a three sixteen, and Judge had a three eleven. But I imagine if we were all in the same room, Doug and I would have just gotten up and left at this point. <laughs> I mean, we can we can do Tashi Station baseball later, Greg, <laughs> if we need to. <laughs> uh, so, Doug, what have you and I been up to uh, this last week, at least? Um, <laughs> Doug's not even it like it's Doug's still here. <laughs> yeah, well, I spaced that a little bit. <laughs> I like uh, baseball. I just don't care that you're much. Not, you're not into yeah. baseball. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but this last weekend, uh, Doug and I competed in the Mustafar qualifier, the last of the Galaxies qualifiers. Uh, to take the to, to rip the bandit off really fast, I did horribly. I went one and three, bringing a five ship rebel list that I thought was good and turned out to be very bad going into the prevalent uh, Imperial Tie Swarm meta. Uh, and I gotta admit, I got frustrated. Uh, if any of our opponents are the my opponents specifically are listening to this podcast, I apologize if I was testy during our games. Because, man, is it frustrating to have a list that is four out of five ships having only two attack dice and going into constantly modded three agility ships. I remember why I hated dice swarms. But it, in retrospect, it, I learned a lot about don't go in with a preconceived idea of I'm just going to bring an efficiency list and auto win. That didn't work out so well for me. So lesson learned. Doug, you did quite better than I did. Uh yeah, I had a I had a pretty good tournament. I um I hadn't played X Wing in any capacity since the end of XTC and uh was like I guess I should sign up for Mustafar if I actually want to try to do the extra goal because it's the last one and I I uh I signed up for one of the galaxies in the middle of the summer, but it was a European time zone and I slept through it. So I yeah, had I think the I was out of town that weekend. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah Doug was the only person at home, and no one was there to wake him up, so he slept through the tournament. It was one a.m. No, right? I, yeah, I, I just, I got the hour. I was an hour off. Like my time was wrong, so I woke up when round one started rather than an hour before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But so I had the cheaper ticket, so I was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and sign up for Mustafar. So I uh, found a Vader build that I, I thought was dumb, but actually seems pretty good. It worked pretty well. Uh, and I pretty much rode that to the, the top eight. Uh, but it's Trick Shot, Shattering Shot, Collision Detector, Pattern Analyzer, Advanced Vader. So I literally just plant myself on a rock, throw five to six red dice, double modified. And uh, and they they don't get their defensive bonus for the instruction, so it works pretty well. Sounds good if you can get it. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Well, that's, so that's I think the big difference is a lot of the trick shot shattering shot stuff is uh, if you can get it, it's good. But when you have collision detector, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. You can literally plant yourself on rocks and force the instruction. And he's I six, so it's it's not like you can just arc dodge him or you know just not be there. He gets a lot more say in it than most ships do. Um, I think I had one game where it didn't go off, which was ironically against the uh, the Grudge. Uh, what is it? Dread? Is that the other one? Grudge and the, the two five FO bombers with chaff missiles. Yeah. Um, but they spent the entire time on the opposite side of the map of Vader. Oh, avoiding. yeah, because I just looked it up. Because I keep thinking collision detector is only asteroids. No, collision detector. Is you you, yeah. you ignore chaff. Yeah. At least when you're if you're overlapping it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can still obstruct a shot, but. Yeah, but then I get trick shot and chattering shot anyway, so. So if they drop the chaff right on you at the beginning of the turn, you just go, no. Yeah, you just pop collision detector. Don't care. And since you're overlapping it before your move, you don't have to trigger it. To, oh, because, yeah, collision detector works till the end of the round anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, collision detector is, what, nine points? Uh, Yeah, it's nine points. So it, it's not a cheap counter, but it's certainly is a counter to the, uh, yeah, I, I see what you were saying about chaff being not oppressive, but really good, and especially on the, I didn't have to uh, play against any of the TIFO bombers with it, but I uh, goldfished a couple games just trying to go, okay, what exactly are they talking about? That? Okay, now I understand what you mean. The ability to boost before launching that thing in the system phase is pretty sick. You really can't dodge it. So the big thing with chaff isn't necessarily that it's overpowered. It's that it it does what a lot of oppressive lists have done in the past, which is it gatekeeps certain lists or certain archetypes really hard. And so even stuff that can... And then on top of that, even stuff that can play around it, it's not fun. Like, it's... I don't think anybody enjoys playing against Chaff Missiles. Uh, and they're obviously too cheap right now, but, like, if Chaff Missiles were banned, would anybody really be upset? Like, other than people that are succeeding with them. But, yeah, like they don't—they're not thematic. Like they're not a big yeah. name thing from the movies of the shows. Like, but uh, yeah, I don't—I don't believe that anybody loves chaff missiles because they were nowhere before they got too good, and then they were everywhere. Like, it's like harpoon missiles. Nobody's yeah. favorite card was no. harpoon missiles. Yeah, I mean, if Ugh. if you're against banning stuff just because it's not fun to play against, at least make it so that like fo bombers can't take chaff missiles and prox mines. Like, make them make choices. Yeah. Um. Which, in general, I think is... So, one of the reasons I haven't been super enthused about X-Wing lately is I like the idea of the list building, but in the current meta, I I don't like list building. It's just pick a ship, put everything you want on it, pick the next ship, put everything you want on it, add, add up to 20 points. Like, there there aren't actual list building decisions other than counting to 20. And uh, I think... Some factions, you really only have a set number of ways you can do that, too. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's the biggest problem with FO Bombers and, and like, resistance Y-Wings, as we'll see when we start looking at results. Like, 
resistance Y-Wings just take literally whatever they want, and then, like, they get an ion cannon turret, and they get engine upgrade, and they get target computer, and they get a bomb of their choice, and they get an astromech, and it's every single Y-Wing gets that, and it's like, this is a three-point ship, like, um, and it's just that way with so many ships across all the factions. It does kind of feel that way, although, even though... I hear what you're saying. It's not like we're seeing an oppressive number of identical lists out there. There's still a lot of variants. Uh, nah, what do you define as like, like, so yes. If you look at, for example, uh, the three main tournaments this weekend, Mustafar, UK, and Spain, uh, they had, uh, let's see, in the top eight, there were, the top eight of each one had at least two resistance lists. One of them had three. And yes, they're all different lists, but they're all the same. Like but is the, arc- the archetype is more important than the specific. List. Yeah, but like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Rebel beef, the mm-hmm. variant of rebel beef doesn't matter. Okay, that kind of thing. yeah. Like yeah, so, we're, you're saying we're seeing a lot of common archetypes being dominating in in factions. If you're going to fly mm-hmm. resistance, you're probably going to do the best with a bunch of Y wings and hitters to flavor. Well, so yeah, you're good. for resistance. You pick, you take two Y wings, two of the three point Y wings. One of them's well stuck because it takes bomblet and L four E dash R five. The one lets you pass calculates, uh, and then you pick between Shasta or Kai, whether you want initiative or whether you want more points. Uh, and then you pick your six to seven, your six to eight point damage dealer, which is either Poe or Ray. Yeah, it's usually six Poe or it's Ray, and then you fill it in with either Finn or BB eight or Kaz or another Y wing or A wing. No, uh, not no, they're they're better now. But, I don't even know what I'm here to be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But see, that's on. that's actually the perfect point though, is that A wings you think would be good, but Y wings literally do everything A wings do for cheaper. For cheaper. Yeah. 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 With more stuff. Um, they do yeah. more than what A wings do. For it's cheaper. what if what if I was an A wing that had a full turret instead of just front back and I got bombs. Like <laughs> And if we've established the, the health to agility ratio puts them at about equally tank equal tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like eight, the, the health on one agility versus it's it's seven health because the resistance oh, wings. but right. they have a force because every action gives them a calculate, um, right. which turns out makes up the difference pretty easily. Um, yeah. So anyway, like yeah, it's it looks like a lot of different options, but at the end of the day, it's just the same four to six ships, like four to six the ship puzzle lists. pieces are different, but the puzzle's the same. Yeah, and like em- Empire is the same way though. It's like you for by and large Jingle. you. You pick a Vader, you add two Jingoists, you fill in the rest of the points. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there, like the uh, Mustafar in particular had a couple of different very um, what's the word I'm looking for detractions from that. Like uh, Marcel yeah. made it to the final table with Countdown and six Tie Fighters, and he opted for a lot of the the three point Tie Fighters that are all he- heavier hitting. Um, which mm-hmm. like that's an actual interesting choice, but in general, you're seeing just a lot of the same sort of stuff being brought, even if there's slight variations to which pilot you're using. Um, I want to point out, I flew Vader and a bunch of TIE Fighters way before everybody else would attempt to come, and I went two and three. Yeah, but those were all Obsidians. You didn't get any pilots. Yeah, you didn't get anything. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, this isn't an an uncommon issue, though, with games like this, right? Like, I I feel like, well, okay, other than list building, um, but like, uh, the whole, you have this archetype um, just put in this ship that's really good right now, and it can do these things, and then you can just pepper it however you want to, right? Like, that's not uncommon. No. Yeah, it's yeah, happened multiple times time. throughout. Yeah, it's happened yeah. in yeah. multiple metas. It happens in every meta. Yeah. Mostly. Especially but. since there are now so many... The, the compression of points from 200 to 20 
it used to be, okay, do I want to bring a 45 versus a 40-point ship in the same role? Because then suddenly it's five points worth of upgrades can make a lot of difference. But now if it's a four-point ship and a four-point ship, they're basically interchangeable uh, in a lot of these cases. Like you said, the uh, you know Kai versus Shasta, do you want extra points or do you want initiative? Uh, you know, they're the same loadout or the same uh, squad point. Yeah, so this discussion actually kind of detracted with what my problem with... Uh... Um, the meta is, and it's that list building isn't interesting because it's it's good that you can pick a lot of different ships to put in lists. What I don't like is that it's just pick a ship and then put everything you want on it. Yeah. Like there are no there are no list building choices yeah. for the ships. It's just which ships do you bring? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't like. I just I don't find that interesting. Optimize every ship. Yeah, yeah, it's, I didn't like that in the beginning. Then it felt like you just chose. I just think loadout build. points, there's just too many loadout points across the board. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So here's a thought I had. If too much loadout is the problem, what if the maximum loadout for a ship was equal to the single best upgrade it could carry? Like, if Protorps are obviously the best upgrade for, say, an X-Wing, then you make the maximum loadout on an X-Wing 14 points. And... Oh, uh, so they would have to choose. I want yeah, to make the total you, is the you, most expensive card that they can bring. Yeah, not necessarily the most expensive, but the best. You know, and which should be the. But most then they only get thing. that one thing. Rather exactly. Than if you want to run a Protorp wedge, you can only put Protorps on wedge. You know, you don't run wedge with elusive and an astromech and you know yeah. something else. And in the case of wedge, it might be a case of Protorps should go up. Like, um. I don't know. Like it's, it's difficult to. It's a lot easier to complain about it than it is to find a solution. Yeah. Um, because you want Wedge to be able to bring a lot of different stuff if he's not taking Protorps. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think Y wings are the biggest example of this should just have less loadout. Um. I think first order bombers are the same way. Like I think there's just a lot of ships that that they just have too many points. The Mandalorian was like that for a long time, and then they mm-hmm. actually took away. Actually, enough of his loadout to make him feel bad now. Yeah, yeah. But, see, actually, Wedge, I, I think, is fine. Uh, because Wedge pretty much runs out of points once he takes Protorps. Like, you can no longer take Protorps and Afterburners, which is what made him, like, a terrifying ace ship, um, for example. Um, so you think they'll just take a look at it and they could be like, okay, why? I have no idea. They seem very happy with the... Like, the, this is the direction they wanted, was power fantasy ships. And at first it was interesting. I'm I'm just saying I don't like it anymore. Yeah. I have gotten I crossed with it. And that's, there's no secret. I've had a hard time playing 2.5 in general. Yeah. Um, but I really think it's I like the gameplay, but I don't I don't like list building. I yeah. find it really hard to build lists I want to play. Yeah. I can go with the idea of each faction gets one hero ship. You know, for Empire it's Vader, for Rebels it's Luke, for Scum it's Boba. For resistance, it's Poe. That gets to be the okay. This guy can be the center, and if every rebel list flies Luke, maybe that's the idea for what rebels should be. It's like your hero in a MOBA, but you know, being able to do that with multiple ships leads to a lot of this clogged archetypes. Like back before the points change, throwing Protorps, Afterburners, Luke, and Wedge in a squad for rebels was a gimme. It's just, you know, that that's really powerful, and why aren't you picking that if you're flying Rebels? So I think, on the one hand, I like the idea of, you know, hey, the toy box is open and play with absolutely everything you want all at once. 
But yeah, I'm beginning to see your point, Doug, as to where it's limiting where you can go if certain things are so good they feel like they should be auto-includes. But to that point, like your build on Vader was pretty unique, and I didn't, I haven't seen anything like you know that particular uh, build. So there is room for changes. Yeah, and one thing with that okay. is we have to take the Doug effect into account because it was Doug playing the list. That is true. But every Vader I saw uh, in the three rounds that I saw Vader uh, was a totally different build, and all of them still good because, surprise, you can put anything on Vader, and he's probably still good. Yeah, and this is some ace bias showing, but I don't have as much of a problem if, like, Vader or Poe or Luke get a lot of loadout to build how you want them. It's the generics. Yeah, and they're not generics, but it's the... Oh, you're saying the, like, low names. The spammies. The the, the yeah, spammies. the types of ships he spams. Yeah, like, right. um, the name-generated spammies. It, it gets especially weird when you look at how many points... Well, I'm going to go back to Resistance Y-Wings because it's very easy to bully them. But you look at how many points Wilsa Teslo gets, and then you look at how many points Mauler Mythyl gets, and those ships cost the same. The answer is Mauler Mythyl gets four. He gets oh, yeah. four. He has a cannon. He has a cannon and a talent. Sometimes, yeah. Um, but <laughs> Wilson Teslo, yeah, or yeah, Wilson gets like twenty-one points or something dumb like that. Sixteen, maybe. I don't know where it is. It's a lot. Why do you think they did that originally? Um, well, oh, I can tell you why they don't for resistance Y wings is because they had way less points, but they had wartime loadout being too cheap, and they wanted to make both an option, so they increased their loadout a bunch, but then greatly increased the price of wartime loadout. The problem is that is people just instantly globbed onto let's overload every Y wing without wartime loadout. Right. So, okay. Um, but like first order bombers, another example. They're all four points. They all have close to twenty yeah. points in loadout. Um, and then you look at a lot of other ships that are should be around the same power level and at the same squad value cost, and they have way less loadout. Um. So the first points change with these guys, right? Yes. Yeah. So, like... Second, technically, yeah. Yeah. Well, in two... So, they they slept. They're not going to get it right right away. But... No. I was talking the other day about an idea of costing... Giving ships multiple squad costs. One with no loadout points and one with loadout points. Which was... Yeah, I don't... I really like the idea. I don't know if AMG wants to make uh, the list builder that complicated. But, like, the example is you have a six-point Luke who has zero loadout. Like, I just want to bring Luke Skywalker. Or you have a seven-point Luke who has 20 points of loadout or whatever. Okay. And so this is your, your big beef. And like it's, really it's cool. the same Luke. I really, I really and, like the idea. That that yeah. See, the first thing it's I think of that. that is, you know, I'm like, oh, because I can just it, I can just drop all my upgrades and fit an entire other ship in there, and that was pretty much my 2.0 list strategy. That was the strategy yeah. for 1.0 and yeah. 2.0 for a and, long time. Realistically, they're addressing this in a different way, which is they're doing the standardized loadouts. Now, it's uh, there might be like the new Luke is probably going to be a point cheaper than customizable Luke, but you are you are locked into his loadout. Yeah, and it's like not the most efficient loadout okay. like we talked yeah. about before. I really like. Or maybe they I already like had that similar idea and went with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, yeah, I mean at least yeah, okay. And when you put it like that, that's pretty good. So. Uh, Mustafar again, great tournament. Uh, Crispy actually did not win this one. He only made it to the top four. Uh, the oppression of Chris Patrick has hopefully come to an end. I joke. I he's a great, great guy, good player. I uh, did beat him in Adepticon. That was cool. 
But he he has gone on a tear through this series. Uh, also, know. he ran a list that I've been running since the Gauntlet came out. So he ran a list I invented. It's my list. I deserve Is that. that top the uh, Django Grievous and Previsla. Yeah, yeah. His his build was quite a bit different than mine, but I have been running that list quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That's so, He's a I am the oh, that's the one I texted okay. you about, Doug, and then you tried to find it. <laughs> that's true, Greg. <laughs> okay. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some other interesting things. Also in the top four, Paul Heaver making a return to competitive X-Wing. He's, he's, he's never played online before. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's online play that he never really got into. So, Which goes to show you that some people are loving 2.5 and are willing to play online when they didn't in the past just because they want to get more games in. So, mm-hmm. um, so They do exist, haters. Yeah, eat it, haters. Yeah. Uh, I really liked his list, though, uh, which is weird because he had a bunch of dead man switches. But, um, and Heroes of Hope Poe. Yeah, so uh, Heroes of Hope Poe is actually way more popular right now, and it makes sense because... This game, the game done changed. Yeah, I mean, he's a full point cheaper, that's, which is a big deal, and they, they buffed his loadout quite a bit between... The so original 2.5 patch. Probably doesn't really matter at that point. He's just a better ship overall. Yeah, I mean, you're just regular Poe every other turn, but you're a point cheaper, which is usually enough if you play him well. Uh, but he did something interesting, which he did outmaneuver instead of Protorps on Poe, because he also brought outmaneuver on Kaz. And then he also has Ray, and then he has BB-8 with Han Solo crew, so he doesn't fly them together at all. He shoves BB-8 down your throat, but then takes a million evades so you don't kill him unless you want to waste a ton of shots into a two-point pod. Uh, but then whatever ship you're pointed at, the rest of them will screw you over. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm so. looking at his list, because I, I saw the ships, but I hadn't seen the upgrades he put on them. Mm-hmm. And this looks like, at first glance, I look at this and I go, is this a Jank Tank list? Because he's got Han Solo crew on BB-8, which I've never seen played, and I had to look up what it does. It's the, after you, you get evade, uh, ready evade. After you perform an evade, you get additional evade tokens equal to the number of enemy ships at range zero to one. Okay, yeah, keep BB-8 alive. So, stack. No, so the point is that's perfect on a crap ship like like BB-8. So BB-8's yeah. problem in resistance is that uh, he's the only two point ship, which is great. You know, they have their their mascot that they can fill points with, but he dies super easy and he doesn't do much in the meantime. So you're just like trying to have him hold an objective until he goes down. But now you freaking Han Solo, and if he just he throws himself at the enemy list, gets in range one of four ships or whatever, and gains five evades, are you really going to shoot at that? Like, <laughs> you're going to burn all of your shots? Priority to stack up calculates as well. Yeah, um, but, so the point is he, he now has the perfect target to present to people, and it's not worth the time to kill. That is straight up Paul Heaver brilliant, and I Paul love it. Is, Paul sees the game on a whole other level, man. Yeah. The other thing I love is uh, Dead Man Switch on Ray, specifically so you could throw Notorious on Ray, I think is the uh, the gimmick there. Uh, because is that... Is there other illicits that you could put on Ray? You could, but for two points, uh, what are you going to do, Hot Shot Tail Blaster? Because that also lets you fit Rose Crew, Fin Gunner, and Engine Upgrade. Which yeah, are... so he talked a little bit about this that I've seen... Um... He actually really likes Dead Man Switch in this situation because Ray is the obvious target you go for. Um, she's the easiest one to kill, relatively speaking. Um, but because he just has a four-ship list that wants to be spread out, Dead Man Switch never punishes him and frequently punishes other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I believe one thing he pointed out is he one-shot a X-1 Vader, technically. Like he, he killed it with one shot, but it's because it was later in the game 
the Vader killed his Ray at range one. Uh, so Ray notorious him to give him a strain, and then Dead Man switched it to damage. So he's down to four health. And then his Poe, without maneuver, had a range one on the Vader, got four hits. He only has one die left because he's strained and outmaneuvered. Rolled a blank and died. So also the, the combo between Notorious and Finn Gunner is that if you're in the front, Finn's just going to add that blank, and then you can re-roll it with a Notorious. Well, you have Rose more for that, but I think Notorious is more... all around good. Yeah. yeah, Notorious is just probably the most undercosted upgrade in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Other than... Maybe like that, we have this one card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I like the idea of you know outmaneuver Poe, outmaneuver Kaz, neither of which you want to turn your back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that seems like a uh, a strong. But risk. it's overdriver, it's overdrive thruster Poe, and it's a fireball that has a slam action. So like yeah. they can they unless you are pointed specifically at them and stay pointed at them, they can get behind you pretty easily. Very true. Yeah, it's it's a pretty nasty list. Yeah. Uh, what else did we see in the cut that? Uh, was a standout. I think, uh, wasn't there another resistance list that was... Yeah, there's uh, Christopher Jenner who brought BB-8, two Y-Wings, Kaz, uh, Jarek Yeager, and Nine Numb, two Fireballs, two Y-Wings, a Pod, and a T-70. Man, I I don't want to like resistance, guys, but it looks like it's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is good right now, as long as you don't mind flying Y-Wings. Enjoying X right now. I fucking hate resistance. <laughs> yeah. I've always hated them with their stupid A wings with their tails. Yeah, but A wings aren't being used. Yeah, I know. and really, the seventies aren't being used much. Well, like it, it is a pretty new look for resistance. It's right. just. I mean, a fan could probably catch up to a Y wing. I'm actually building a list right now, which is surprising. But... <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. Um, <laughs> I did see that a, a Han wedge Luke made it into the top sixteen. Uh, yeah, there were two Rebels in the top 16. The other one was a Callus Kraken Jan Colby list, which is kind of interesting. I believe he was on stream for the top 32 round. Sam Durbin. Huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got your uh, five dice at range two, six dice at range one. Ghost. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, <laughs> huh. Uh, my top 16 opponent had a pretty interesting list. It was uh, Anthony Marchand, who's a local of Tommy Adams, I believe, Kentucky guy. Uh, he was running an eight-ship list, which is pretty rare these days, even in 2.5. It's wild. It was uh, Seroth and the Reaper, Vizier and the Reaper, five Black Squadron TIE Fighters with Disciplined and Wampa with Elusive. And Vizier had Commandos on him, so he could have ten guns on the field. Hold on, hold on. Two Reapers... In an eight-ship list, mm-hmm. yeah. commandos to effectively throw out a ninth ship. A tenth. Ninth and first. Oh, God. Yeah. You agree. Yeah. You got two commandos. Ah. Yeah. Can you... You can't fit... No, you could... Okay. I'm trying to think about this going, could you fit Palp into that list? You could. You could do... You can do Palp on Vizier. Oh, he so you put the super to... commandos on Ferroff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he and did he... the child and... Ruthless and targeting computer on Ferroth. So Ferroth was actually a gunship. And then Vizier had the commandos. So the thing is, Palp isn't actually that good in an eight-ship list. Like, no, but... It, uh, especially with most of it being TIE fighters. Palp really likes defending important pieces. But, that just, um, but yeah, it was an interesting list. It was, it was a very good game. He, uh, he ran into the problem if he had too many ships, so Vader had too many opportunities to trick shot shattering shot stuff. So I one-shot a lot of TIE fighters. That'll happen, but oh. you got to spend so many rounds doing it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was a good game. It was just, um, most of my games are really good games. 
That's ridiculous. Not so much a test. So, uh, yeah, the game is now using a unit for the idea of your ships plus remote. So that is a 10-unit squad. Mm-hmm. And since, yeah, you can't run double commandos, that's the most you can get right now in something until we get another uh, offensive remote. You could theoretically do more, I suppose, in... Well, no, because you don't have any four-point ships that can carry uh, commandos in CIS. So, yeah, I think 10 is probably the max you can put on the table right now. That's a lot of thought that has to go into that, though, when you've got your Mando tokens and all those ships out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that's great. But I love seeing that weird stuff out there. Good times. Uh, there were other. You can bring Moldy Crow now. That's wild. Yeah, wild. Sorry, I'm building the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there are two other world qualifiers uh, over in Europe this weekend. Uh, I believe one in the UK and the other was in Spain. Spain. Okay. I was about to say yes. Brazil, but Brazil's not in Europe anymore. No, so. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the UK one was surprisingly small. I don't know. I know it was at a convention, so maybe they just had limited space or something, but it was only 37 people, which seems uh, crazy from uh, from the UK that used to have 560-person tournaments. Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever their uh, big tournament was back in the day used to draw absurdly yeah. large crowds. Oh, um, they don't have XTC there to draw the big crowd anymore, so... It wasn't XTC that drew it in. It was just a... It was the UK system open. I know, it was the Euros, but... I like thinking, you know, the Americans show up and we bring the crowd. So. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, the UK World's Qualifier was won by a list that I thought was really interesting. Uh, Tim Gronenberg with Mace Windu, Contrail in the uh, V-Wing, uh, Hound in the Lat, Oddball in the Arc, and Click in a V-Wing. So two V-Wings... Contra, an arc, you know, oddball won a tournament. You know, some people are never going to let that go. But the thing that got me was Hound with Seventh Fleet Gunner, Satine Cries, and Corky Cries, which I thought, that's just bizarre. How does that even... And then no, I looked... We, we talked about this after my XPC. I played against a couple of these, and it's yeah, absolutely the, disgusting. Well, we saw we saw Corky what he did, but I didn't know what Sabine did until I looked at it, and that is an interesting combo there because you're looking at uh, it's actually know, Satine actually triggers with Hound more than Corky. Like, she does trigger with Corky, but the big thing is Satine lets you somebody take a focus for a deplete, and then Hound takes the deplete. Yeah, and since you've already probably used Seventh Fleet Gunner to give yourself a disarm, you don't care yeah. about the deplete. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, and what Corky really does is you reinforce every turn, and then Corky passes reinforces to people. And the extra stupidity of that is when you pass a reinforce, you get to choose which side it goes on. Wait. Like, and you can switch fore and aft. Because anytime you assign a reinforce token, you assign fore or aft. Oh. Huh. Yeah, so I had to I had to deal with it wasn't this list, but it was a similar list. Um they did they had Delta B Anakin and CLT Obi-Wan. But yeah, like uh I I caught out his Obi-Wan with like three shot or three in like three arcs, and then he passed a reinforce and switched the side on it and was like, Oh, so instead of catching this Obi-Wan I'm gonna do zero damage. Cool. <laughs> and then on top of that, like Whenever Satine is up, he can pass evades around because he already has the weapons disabled, so it doesn't matter if he takes the second one. And 
Yeah, like the the Satine quirky. Like, Glass are another perfect example of they have so much loadout, they don't really make choices. They just put whatever they want on them. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I did see a couple things. Ollie Pocknell in the uh, top four, as Ollie tends to do with, again, a resistance list, uh, only with one Y-Wing, but it was Poe and Ray. Yeah. And uh, this looks like seven Poe, based on how many upgrades. Yeah, he has black ones, so it's seven Poe. So, and then, uh, yeah, they just did uh, X and 1, so it was the top 7. So, mm-hmm. do you have, hold on, how many, how do you do a top 7 final? Uh, you, yeah, yeah, the okay. first, first, first and Swiss gets a buy into the top okay, 4. Okay, so you don't do a play-in into a top, because a play-in would wind up being into a top 2. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a top yeah. 8 where the first place automatically gets to buy. Okay, that's a lot cleaner. Yeah. Uh, I'd like then, to shout out Dimitri. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've him before. Good guy. Yeah. He he play. He's the first person that's done well with Scum in quite a while. Like I, Scum usually has one or two lists that sneak into the cut, but he actually he made it to the final table, which I think it's. I think since Crispy ran a, well, during one of his runs he ran a, a three ship Scum list, but this brought back Maul in the Gauntlet, which has pretty much disappeared since it got nerfed. So he showed you can still do stuff with that. And then Manaru and Q9, so two hey, large base ships and a medium base ship. The Manaru build we talked about right after the points change. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the yeah. illicit is about the only thing that changes. This is what yeah. illicit you want to bring. Um, so yeah. Like, we, no, I'm the architect. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, Q9, yeah, I remember you telling me Q9 is pretty good now. Better than the Mando. Yeah, he's just a point cheaper than the Mando. It's similar to the 6-po versus 7-po. It's not that Mando's bad, it's that Q9 lets you fit more stuff into lists. That's fair. And Scum feels like it has to make those decisions pretty hard. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah, Scum's, Scum's in a weird place right now. Uh, points will but, change. There's always points will change. Indeed. Uh, so, moving a little bit south, how did uh, Spain turn out? Uh, more people, at least. Yeah, it had uh, 80 people. Um, we saw the only Rebel appearance in a top eight between the three tournaments. And it made, uh, I think it just went to top eight, yeah. Uh, but with uh, Luke, Fenn, Dutch, Aaron, Arvel, Kraken, Arvel. So basically, uh-huh. it's really similar to the list I flew. I just flew Hobby instead of Arvel. Yeah. Uh, did you do Luke? I thought you did Wedge. Uh, yeah, I went in Wedge, that's right, yeah. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, Fen Rao with Kristen Wren and Swarm Tactics, plus the uh, Kraken and Dutch, so you're passing along actions and target locks everywhere. Uh, I really felt that was a great combo. It's just I did not come up and play it right against the you know opponents I had. But uh, it was uh, Daniel Alzueta Corso who flew that to a top eight in an eighty-person tournament. Really good. So hats yeah. off. I say I personally don't like the list, but yeah, I mean he showed that you can do well with it. Like it, it just feels too engineery to me. Um, like too I, many things have to fire at the same cylinder in order to make it work. Absolutely valid, and I am addicted to those type of lists, which yeah. we were talking about offline is a habit I have trapped myself into. So uh, we're going to see how that may change going forward. But again, it's good to see a rebel list do well. But is, is Satine and Hound not firing all cylinders? Is that just a gimme? Well, I okay. <laughs> what I mean is so Hound and Satine is isolated to the ship. Uh, the rebel list is, yeah, the rebel list is Fen has the swarm tactics, 
Kraken up to six so that he can fire before everybody else, so that he can pass an action to Dutch so the Dutch can give a target to somebody else so that they can fire a torpedo. Yeah, uh, synergy is generally yeah. the, the different, you know, you know, engineering is kind of a different term for it, but yeah, when, you're, when your list has synergy that depends on multiple ships and one link of that breaks, you can be left out in the cold for it. Well, see, that's why I say engineering, because synergy is stuff working together harmoniously. The whole Rebel Beef was synergy. Everything yeah. got better from the stuff around it, but didn't depend on the stuff around mm-hmm. it. Yeah, this is, this is much more of... Uh, I think uh, Daniel's version is a lot more consistent than the Wedge version, because you've got the insurance that is inherent in Luke. Uh, but... It it's still very much a like you said, Alex, a Rube Goldberg. You know when it goes, it feels like yeah. Well, when when something like this goes off, when I was able to get the the chain of actions off for all the multiple shots, and even doing things like using Hobby's ability to uh, one of my games that I was the most proud of on the moment was Hobby and Vader jousting at each other. Vader takes the lock, and then I did the trick of okay. Kraken shoots at six to give the action to Dutch. Dutch gives the target lock to Hobby. Hobby acquires a lock, ditches Vader's lock on him, and it was a oh oh now Vader who uh, was not first player Vader has to shoot without his lock, and it it felt good to be able to make use of a an otherwise just kind of weird quirky ability that Hobby's got. I used it at least once in every game, and that actually did feel good. Uh, but yeah, so, it's a lot of moving parts that have to mesh together well in a specific order. Yeah, so and obviously he did well with it, but like as I said to you offline, the, the change I would make to this list, and I'd like it a lot more, is I would make Dutch Colby Sprato. Just the notorious, whatever illicit you want, R4 Colby. It's a, a, a self-isolated good piece, and now the list still works together really well, like Fen swarm texting, cracking up so that he can coordinate to somebody at I-6 is still strong. But your list isn't revolving around it all happening. It's just individual good pieces who happen to work well together. Indeed. I can absolutely say I would have preferred to have a three-die gun against all of the TIE fighters I saw. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it should also be pointed out for Spain, there were two more of these five-ship uh, Republic lists, one of which was the winner. Uh, he took Obi-Wan, Fealty Obi-Wan, instead of Oddball in the arc. Um, I think both of them did. So the, the, the winner had Obi Contrail... Mace, Click, Hound, and there was a top eight that was Obi, Mace, Click, Tarkin, Hound, instead of Contrail. Okay. But both of them are two V-Wings, two CLT Jedi, and Hound. Um, turns out CLT Jedi are still really good. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I may be looking at them again, uh, going back to some old... Uh, Go, going back to old successes, I think. Uh, and and CLT Jedi are especially good when you have Seven Fleet Counter on the list because you can compensate their lack of two dice really easily, and then when they line up Bullseye and you give them seven fleet, they are among the hardest-hitting ships in the game for yeah, that's a, really a five-point I-5-3-4 ship that can take elusive and R2-D2 and be ridiculously tanky. Very true, very true. So overall, uh, we're not expecting a points change anytime soon. Well, there might be one coming up at the end of the month with the Battle of Yavin. We don't know. We have no but, idea. Yeah. Uh, with things being the way they are, do we have a defined meta out there right now? I wouldn't say we have a defined meta. We have a very slow-moving one, though. Um, like, at the beginning of this, of this 2.6, uh, ProTorp spam 
seemed like it was going to be very popular and very powerful. And then the First Order 5 ship with two SO bombers popped up along with a bunch of false transponder code tech, and it kind of pushed the proton rocket spam down. Uh, and now we're seeing the rise of higher ship counts that are rest, less reliant on individual guns rise up to counter this anti-alpha strike meta. So like the, the meta is shifting slowly, it's just very slow because we don't get a lot of data coming in at once. Okay, I can see that. That checks out. All right. Well, with speaking of the Battle of Yavin uh, pack coming out later this month, October 28th, I believe, is the drop date for it. We also have had some previews of the upcoming Hot Shots and Aces 2 pack, which do we have a release date for that yet? Uh, yeah, so it's Battle of Yavin is end of October, then Hot Shots and Aces 2 is end of November, and then Coruscant is mid-December, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm looking on the Asmodee page, and it just says pre-order. Doesn't actually have a. Oh no, eleven twenty-five, twenty twenty-two is what it says. Yeah. So. Uh, so about a month after you, Evan. Yeah, we're going to be seeing uh, thirty-five new pilots, uh, some of which will be multiples in there for something. Actually, no, more than that. Uh, uh, a lot of new pilots. Uh, thirty-five is right. It's five. For five. Right. Well, uh, Adigalia is in two different uh, versions of the ship, but the. Uh, each faction is yeah. getting yeah five pilots, uh, and there's some interesting choices there. They are all uh, coming from various levels of canon sources, which I like, including some of the really recent uh, Alphabet Squadron and other novels. So those of you who really love the, uh, the modern uh, canon and a lot of those novels, you're going to be happy to see some of these characters, but let's get into some of them. Uh, we're not going to cover every single one that's been released. We're just all going to kind of go over a few. But, Greg, what has uh, jumped out at you from some of these uh, Hot Shots and Aces that are coming out? Um, so, uh, Tycho is my uh, first one. Tycho Kelchu back in the A-Wing. Yeah, that was always uh, – Mike always used to play that against me because it was his favorite. Good old Tycho uh, Tycho, yep. And it's I thought it was kind of neat because the – pretty sure that the ability is like copy paste from one point uh, you now have to have two or fewer stress in 1.0 yeah. there was no limit you could just perform actions longer. while you have two or fewer oh okay so you have to have two not one. Oh, okay yeah so he has to do blues occasionally instead of the 1.0 taiko that was literally a meme of how many stress can i get on this ship before he dies <laughs> Yeah, right. that was especially true. since they've got uh, sloops now. Can you imagine infinite sloops and actions? Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. you can take actions. You can't take red maneuvers. You can't do red maneuvers. Yeah, but yeah, so a little, I just kind of breezed over the two or three. I guess I was like, God, Tycho's back. Um, yeah, that's effectively pushed the limit, Tycho again. Yeah, then, I mean, uh, he's, he's Tycho. He's just two point oh five. Like, yeah, like everyone's two point oh five has limits. Yeah, like the chopper crew and uh, yeah, Eric, then, I'm sorry. The next one I like is the Tri Fighter right next to it, and it's Molendas. Yes, uh, that's mm -hmm. my yeah, Midwestern like an organic name for a... It is. It's an organic Tri Fighter. Tri Fighter. Well, yeah. So okay. So if you uh, oh, read hey. the ship ability, it's yeah. modified for organic. Indeed. That's so wild. that means that this ship is going to get a focus. 
<laughs> I would assume so, yeah. yeah and yeah. it just has a really good ability. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a stellar ability. Uh, I'll read the ability. After you fully execute a red maneuver, you may choose an enemy ship at range 0 to 1. The chosen ship gains one strain token, and you may remove one stress token. Oops. He's Delta B oh. Anakin, but he also adds a strain. Yeah. Luckily, he's a tri-fighter. I mean, Delta B Anakin was technically just after you fully execute a maneuver, it didn't have to be a red, so you could, like, be stressed and then do a white or something. But right. this is this is giving out strain for doing K-turns. Like, and, uh, yeah. it's, it's an initiative five, so... Uh, it's a white, three hearts. Yeah, three hearts were blue, weren't they? Yeah, three hearts were blue. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so they have two... What is it? Oh, the difficulty of their speed two and three bank maneuvers are decreased and increase the difficulty of your three... So yeah, so... White now, right? So Tri-Fighters used to have blue two and three hards. This one will have a blue two hard, white three hard. And then they had white two and three banks, so now they'll be blue two and three banks. So, yeah, so yeah. my minor thing that just you know popped out of me about this, he wants to do red maneuvers for his ability, but he has much fewer blue maneuvers to clear the stress with. But uh, it's true, you know, No, he has more blue maneuvers. Uh, don't his two and three banks become white and his... His red... two and three banks become blue. Blue. And his well, he only loses the blue three hard to so a white. So the other tri fighters, actually, all the uh, all the CIs of the ship, they want to turn yeah. too hard. So if it's yeah, they're taking it away from the too hard. Yeah. The the other thing that's interesting about the modified for organics is that for this three. ship is not affected by the standardized restriction. Yeah. Well, it would have. To, I mean, that has to be that yeah. way. Like uh, it, it can't take independent calculations. <laughs> so oh, it, yeah. they found a way around it. So it's almost like. This is its own unique chassis, but it's. I mean, still it is. A, it's a tri fighter that is modified for our game. Yeah. <laughs> but the really cool thing is, is that they are replacing it in this card. So that is a possibility that you're not going to have to replace a configuration for these ships. You can, you know, have new pilots that have different ship abilities. And I think that's a really cool space that they can. We have sure. that already on one ship. Ah, what is it? What is it? There, there is one pilot for one ship that has a different uh, chassis ability than anything else. Uh, oh, the, the the autopilot drone. Everything else has a co-pilot, which shares oh, the pilot okay. ability. The autopilot drone has the rigged energy cells. Ah, true. So, so we have seen that you know before. But, but yeah, yeah it'll be just, great to have the different. So this will be like so like CIS. I mean, it has. An ace, but it's uh, not quite. So, like, I think that this will be great. I think this will be like a really solid, solid piece. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think he's pretty cool. I also yeah. really want to know what what is the vulture's name? The iron, the iron assembler is. I want to know what his book is. <laughs> What's uh, his name? Yeah, what? the iron assembler is. Yeah, the iron assembler, uh, which is a uh, a character from uh, nickname. Yeah, the Iron Assembler was from uh, Star Wars Galaxies. So yeah, I just think it's a cool name, and I want to see what it does. That's a dope yeah. name. I know. So I'm wondering if that's a another thing might be an organic in there. It might just be a badass name for a droid. So uh, the brain of an assembly droid shoved into the body of a vulture. Could be. You know, I will now be known as the Porg Assembler. That, that's weird. <laughs> That it's creepier the longer you think about it. <laughs> it's creepier the longer you think about it. It's pretty creepy. Little did you realize that your boy Kit Fisto is coming out? Yeah, yeah I'm just excited about your effort, though, man. Yeah, yeah so Alex, uh, why don't you go and uh, hype those two up for us? <laughs> um, well, we don't know what Dr. Afford is. She's in a YV, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, like, we, if we can get to the Archangel right now. Yeah, I think the Archangel will be out eventually. But I will take Dr. Aphra and the YV, which has some canonish connections. But uh, Kit Fisto does something in the Ada while another friendly ship defends if the attacker is in its bullseye, in the defender's bullseye. Spend one force to change one of the defender's blanks to a focus. Interesting. The most notable thing about that is there's no range restriction. Oh, snap. That's black wine. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, another friendly ship. Uh, another friendly ship at any range. Kit Fisto can spend his uh, force to change their blank to an eyeball if they're bullseyeing the enemy. He's sicko? I'm intrigued by sicko. Also, sicko's spelled wrong. Uh, well, no. See, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, they spell... This is the S-I-C-O. preview. Yeah, and then they've got S-I-C-K-O on the card. So, yeah, the AMG is kind of... Following I mean, the energy tradition of proofreading is for other people. Yeah, so they clearly they clearly made some changes at some point between the cards and the the box because Corin, uh, or there's Corin or Next Wing is coming out. Um, his uh, the ability that you can read with the cards is after you declare the defender of an attack, if you have the defender locked, a friendly ship can transfer their lock from you to the defender. Uh, but he definitely like he might have force, but there's that ability. But then on the back of the box. You can clearly see he has a force, but the text is different. You can't make it Something, out, but it's different space. Uh, right now, uh, the lock on the defender, transfer their lock. If they do, blank to recover one force. Uh, okay. Don't know which so one we're getting for Corn. Uh, well, we're, we're only getting one card, but we've seen two different versions of that card. So I think at least either the card or the back cover copy for the box that they've previewed is probably a uh, an in-progress version. So, and they Either way, it, it shows the... Indeed, indeed. Uh, is, I like it. I, I think it's a really good piece for a, well, kind of the Rebels thing, the mm-hmm. striking list. So. Yeah, but uh, Sicko in the lat, interesting. Uh, I, again, not being a super Clone Wars uh, guy, is Sicko one of the other named uh, Clone Wars dudes? I don't know. I don't think so. I just thought the name was intriguing. And then the sickening maneuver sounds tight AF. Yeah, after you perform a basic maneuver, gain the sickening maneuver condition. We don't know what that is. I think I it was just means... sick as hell, though. <laughs> so, by the way, I could not figure out what it was, because it's M-A-N-E, right? And I'm just sitting here, like, being all dumb, like, I can't figure it out. So now that you said sickening maneuver, like I'm so stoked for that card. Like sickening maneuver right? being kind of like all I can imagine is if you do a basic maneuver, just turn it into a side slip. Sick. That's, that's I was wondering if it was going to be something like uh, 1.0 lightning reflexes, where you can turn any maneuver into a turn or something. Okay. You know? Oh, that'd be okay. Yeah, it's mean, kind of insane on a lat, but you know. yeah, but like a fun ability is a two. Like, I have yeah. flames yeah. on his lat in the art. <laughs> like, he customizes lat with flames. Like. Uh, it looks just like a regular old red and beige lat, oh. but uh, it does have a uh, bubble bubble turrets. So it does have bubble bubble turrets. Turret. Justice bubble for bubble turrets. Bubble turrets. We were not happy with the lat. All right, we want bubble turrets. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to chant bubble turrets. Too many syllables. It is a lot of syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Hondo's right. coming in the fire spray. That's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah Hondo. It's profitable. Ability is hilarious <laughs> and probably not. I mean, it might be okay. Who knows? It might be okay. Do oh, red reinforce? Like, yeah. At least Hondo gets a. Yeah. So, uh, how does his new ability, uh, well, his pilot ability, read? 
So, action, choose two ships of range 0 to 3 that are not friendly to each other. Each can perform an action on your action, on your action bar, even when stressed. Then gain a calculate token. So, so not a calculate token and a coordinate, you just also free coordinate to an enemy as well. Well, it's yeah. two ships, so he can choose himself with this to get, say, boost into calculate. Either way, he's also coordinating. Uh, I think the action type might be other friendly ships. No, it, it's it straight up says choose two non-huge ships at range zero to three of oh, you. Oh yeah, that are not friendly. Not okay, friendly. Yeah, not two others. So he could choose himself and do you know target lock into coordinate or target lock into calculate. But you are guaranteeing that another ship. You can't do the Hondo crew trick of I'm going to coordinate to your yeah. stressed ship. Yeah, that being said, you can still do things like I'll give your TIE fighter an action while I give Fen Rao an action. Yeah. Like um, I'll do that every time. Yeah, or you have um, the ship that's not, you pick the ship that's in range but not pointed at Hondo so you can blast the guy in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, you are giving him the chance to. Since he can fly to himself, that is interesting. Because I was thinking that it's cool, but a fire spray is too expensive to be a coordinate caddy. Even getting like a calculate is not really worth it. But now if he's a rebel land. But yeah, if he's, yeah, that's actually interesting. Yeah. Plus, he's in a fire store. It's a decent chassis. It is decent. Yeah. Anything else that jumped out at you other than Fang Hondo? Is wild. The Fang is wild. Oh, Torn Fun? Fun? Yeah. yeah. Oh, When you destroy a ship, you can perform an action even while stressed, then you can take two strains to perform a bonus attack. What? Oh, okay. he's a That's yeah, it's Yeah, he's got an amazing ability, but he's not I3 Fang. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is wild. Yeah, it's like two amazing abilities. Yeah. So, uh, I really like both Second Sister and Juno Eclipse. I think those are both cool. I mean, Second mm-hmm. Sister is just an interceptor with force, which is good. Seems good. Uh, Honorability is very themey with the other Inquisitors, which I like. I'm I'm super happy to see Juno Eclipse brought back into the game. Yeah. Uh, even though her 1.0 ability wound up on Ved Foslo, uh, her ability in the uh, in this release is great. It's yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, like their blues aren't amazing, but like. Free boost to free boost. Like, like, yeah. yeah. After you perform an action, perform a red boost action. Yeah. Dope as hell. Like, every action links to a red boost. I'd take that on any ship. Yeah. Really good there. Uh, things that jumped out at me that I thought were cool. Uh, Adigalia, who is going to be in the Delta 7 and a specific card for the Delta 7B. So this is going to be the first time we get a Delta 7B card. Uh, well, I mean, they are ratted so that they are separate right. cards. But yeah, I'm saying that we've actually got them printed out. Uh, but her ability is like the reverse of the Grand Inquisitor. When you defend at attack range 1 or when you attack at range 3, spend a force and deny your opponent the range bonus. So if they Yeah, she's, she, she's quick, but for herself. Mm-hmm. And no. Yeah, so yo, the Inquisitor and Adigali are just going to be in a slap fight constantly, uh, I imagine. But that's uh, a really neat ability that I like. Uh, well... Yeah, so she doesn't turn off the Inquisitor, because the Inquisitor gives himself a range bonus at range 2, and she doesn't get to affect that. But it's a, it's an interesting way, and again, another I-5 Jedi is great, so you get that there. Uh, one of the things that I also like there is uh, Gavin Sykes in the N1 Naboo Starfighter, with, again, another thematic N1 ability... While you defend or perform an attack, if the speed of your revealed maneuver is greater than the enemy ships, you may re-roll your blank results. Mm-hmm. So another one of those N1s that compares your dial to the opponent's dial, uh, just like Rick, just like uh, Danae, and it... And he's like, he's like baby Rick. Yeah. So, and again, an I3, so... <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we also get, and again, me, just because I love uh, storyline characters coming in, Zay Versio for The Resistance being, uh, and I'm going to give some spoilers for the... Uh, very uh, old game. Yeah, the Battle for Two storyline. It's uh, Iden Versio and uh, Gideon Hask's daughter. Gideon is not cool. <laughs> she, she, she's got Gideon's type of ability. It's the, while you defend, if the, def- if the attacker is damaged, you may reroll one defense die. Uh, which is, you know, given, like, Dell's uh, ability, that's really thematic there. It's it's neat to see uh, also some of these characters come in. And it got me thinking about something on my ride home today. Uh, one of the things that we're kind of talking about with archetypes and pilots is the, the prevalence of the, the hero characters, usually the high initiatives with the really good pilot abilities. But we're seeing a lot of really neat abilities now on middling initiative ships but with the changes that came with 2.5 and moving away in most uh factions from low initiative generics is there a possibility that chief low initiative named pilots might have more of a role that's being overlooked specifically things like you know could there be a spot for j chris tubbs because he's an i1 um J. Chris, no, because he doesn't have an ability. Like, he doesn't have a good one. Yeah. But, like, Merle saw a bunch of use whenever yeah, Merle was covered. Merle's there. Uh, Hondo is going to be I-1, and Hondo's ability at I-1, when you can pretty much be guaranteed you're not going to be blocked, you'll be able to get some of those early coordinate type of things off. The bigger thing is, so I think what they found out is when Merle was taken a lot, it's because he was cheaper than the other A-Wings. And once, I mean, A-Wings are just bad right now, so maybe he's still good compared to the others, but... Uh, honestly, the biggest thing is their ship value and then their loadout value. Like the the way the list, list building w- works right now, unless something just has like a really overbearing pilot ability, you take it for its loadout potential more than its initiative or its pilot ability or anything like that. Because because you load out every ship as much as possible, being able to bring superior upgrades is more important than having J. Chris Tubbs' ability over Kai Fernali's ability, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other... That uh, being said, like you're already seeing a lot more low-initiative pilots being used than ever before because generics are bad. Yeah. Uh, some of the other things we had seen previously, uh, Poe Dameron in the Falcon with his two charges, uh, basically free, uh, you know can dash once a turn to spend one of his recurring charges to ignore obstacles during your maneuver, or spend two of them to do a white boost or a red barrel roll, which can you know, expose the damage card if you do the barrel roll. But I, I love that idea. Uh, then one of the ones that jumped out at me, and I had to actually look up who they were, uh, Joel Gergerod. If you recognize the name as, you know, related to Moff Gergerod, I looked it up. Uh, not a direct relative. Joel Gergerod is Moff Gergerod's daughter-in-law. Uh, she is the mother of a point-of-view character in one of the uh, young adult novels uh, set in the uh, sequels timeline. So that's a, an odd, like, young adult novel, which hardly anybody reads, the mother of one of the side characters. Okay, sure. But, uh, I've read an awful lot of young adult Star Wars novels as a young adult, for the record. <laughs> that's true. But uh, it, it's neat. That's the, a really neat ability for the uh, FO Bomber. Three non-recurring charges. After you boost, which Bombers get to do in the system phase, you can spend a charge to remove a non-lock red or orange token. Uh, so, 
because you can't boost with the stress. Right. Uh, well, you so, can put you can put panther analyzer. Um, you mean prime thrusters? Prime thrusters. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I think more realistically, its use is if you need to boost not in the system phase, you can then immediately remove your stress, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. But like, I don't. I, I guess. I guess they no. You already be ions. So you can't do the system phase boost. Yeah, I don't. If I think that ability. In the system phase. Yeah, if you get hit by a comet. Activation phase. Yeah. Uh, that list, I think that ability looks better than it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a bomber. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's bomber. It'll be useful. Oh, Julie, Julie. Dread doesn't have an ability, or whichever one's used. What is, is it? Dread? It's Grudge and Grudge, Dread, uh, Grudge, Dread, or Scorch. Yeah, yeah Dread is the one that's proc. Dread has more loadout than Scorch. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like Dread. I've literally never seen Dread's ability used. Most of the time, you bring a loadout where he can't even reload. <laughs> So, yeah, he's just useful as a bomber. Yeah. Although, the names that we've seen for pilots that we have not seen their abilities for, the one I am most hyped for, Wes Jansen in the X-Wing, coming back. Ooh. I'm a happy man. I don't oh, care. I, I love his, one, his, his 1.0 ability, which is basically uh, Suppressive Gunner. Uh, it's Seaboard's yeah, ability. Gunner. Yeah, it's Seaboard's ability. Yeah, but the, uh, you know, Wes Jansen coming back. Wes is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Uh, He's growing up. Yeah, reading reading the Rogue Squadron novels, which the Rogue and Wraith Squadron novels are my favorite part of Star Wars EU stuff. Uh, Wes is the absolute best. So I agree, a hundred percent. Actually, we, like, if we have to if we have to accept that we have to get worse Jedi Corrin Horn, uh, I'll, I'll take it in order to get Wes. So. Though Corrin's target lock ability is also straight out of Rogue Squadron. Yes, as well. Uh, so I was we, like, yeah, I mean, the ability we can see on the printed card for Corrin is uh, when, after you declare the defender of the attack, of an attack, so you declare an attack, if you have a lock on the defender, a friendly ship that has a lock on you can transfer it to the defender, which is straight out of the Rogue Squadron novel. Like the first third of the Rogue Squadron novel. Yeah, like, and their they, first exercise as a squadron is to do that exact thing. It's yeah, like, they, they all lock Corrin and send him forward basically as a decoy and then bounce their locks off him to the target. And it's, I'm like, they, they brought something directly translated perfectly from the books it's into like, X-Wing, and I love it. Yep. I'm actually not mad that Corrin's coming back, because the, if that's the ability, I'm not mad. If that's yeah. not the ability, I'm mad because Corrin got more stuff. Yeah, <laughs> if, if they bring, if the actual printed one is Force user Corrin Horn, then we have another X-Wing with Force, and as much as I hate Corrin Horn, I gotta put that on the table. So. Why do you hate Corrin? He's such a narc. Oh, God, yeah, Space Cop. Uh, Oh. You know, he's, not, he's the narkiest space cop as well. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes across as... So there was this thing in the 90s EU where they didn't want to use the main film characters in a lot of the books because they already had established personalities. So you got the Kirkland Select Costco versions of them. They didn't want to use Han Solo, so they made Dash Rendar. They didn't want to use Luke Skywalker, so they made Corrin Horn. You know, <laughs> uh, And... You know, they didn't want to have Vader be the big villain, so they gave us Thrawn. One out of three for cool characters ain't bad. um, Yeah, I mean, Zahn used all the other main characters. You have to do a new villain. They tossed most of them down Death Star at the end of the first. Yeah. But Korn is just, um, if you want to talk about Mary Susan Star Wars. It's definitely not Ray. It's Korn. It's Korn Horn. I will say, as someone who has 
as someone who has zero attachment to anything extended universe, I don't want Corn to have force because there's already too much force in the game. Yeah, my, I, enemy, my enemy is my Doug, I guess. Um. <laughs> <laughs> my enemy is my roommate. <laughs> that being said, I've also heard rumors that Aura Singh might have force, which I also would prefer not to be a thing. But. Makes sense. Uh, Aura Singh is going to be flying a fire spray? Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. With force. Yeah, I mean, they, force they all already have force. Yeah, like, they have force. Curse thing wasn't a force sensitive. I don't know. Three seconds we saw her in a non-speaking role. We did see her in a non-speaking role, but canonically, she's like half a vampire person. What? What? Like her dad's a vampire. Okay, we'll get to that later. Okay, canonically might have been a strong word. No, they had some Clone Wars Clone Wars episodes with Aura there was plenty of her trying to get uh, Boba back and all that stuff. Yeah, they hung out on the fire thing of the right. lady a lot. Oh, that means that Bosk is, abil- uh, is a possibility in the future. Bosk is already in the game. Yeah, we already have Bosk in the game. No, no, as a fire nice. expert pilot. Oh, yeah, I'd be up for that. I love yeah. Bosk. Bosk is great. I mean, I'll all take right. Bosk and any chassis you want to give him to me. Like, Yeah. All right. Well, we are all, you know, as it sounds like, we're all pretty hyped for this. Uh, you know, everything looks cool. Dirge, last thing for me, Dirge. Dirge. Dirge is two cannons ago. Dirge got retconned <laughs> before Disney bought Star Wars. Well, <laughs> he's he's recently Dirge. as well. Was he? Okay, well, yeah. Dirge, Dirge, Dirge is like... Uh, he's a group monster? Like, he's from yeah. the Clone Wars, the like animated Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Genie Tarkovsky oh, okay. Clone Wars. So... Uh, but Dirge oh, is the guy like, with the staff, like with the he has to get jousted by yeah. Oh Dirge, yeah, the Dirge big is, guy. He's does Obi Wan have to like joust through a whole bunch of people? Yes, you're thinking of the same episode. Okay, yeah, but again, he's in the Rogue, so he gets to be just like Cad Bane in Scum and uh, CIS. Oh, fun. Yeah. So yeah, I am really hyped uh, for a lot of the stuff. Looking forward to seeing what some of these other ones are. Uh, we're getting a new Resistance Transport pilot. Let's see if that doesn't suck. Uh, <laughs> we're getting a, a card version of Pop's Crail, who we're getting in Battle of Yavin as a standardized loadout. So Yeah, I'd say there's a good chance he has the same ability, which I don't yeah. remember off the top of my head, but it was good. Uh, rerolling uh, turrets, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, really hyped for this. Coming out end of November. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, Anything else we've got to bring up, talk about, et cetera? I I would just say in general, I think things like Hot Shots and Aces are just easy money for AMG. Like, they could put out two of these a year for a long time, and I think people would be happy. Like, people will want new ships occasionally, but I think this is a really, really good supplement. We need a couple of new ships a year. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, new pilots for the existing ships do spike. Especially because they could have some that include upgrades as well. Like, this one is just pilots, but the first one had upgrades in it. It did indeed. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that they didn't use this to, kind of like they did uh, cross-faction upgrades, putting them in a pack, so if you don't play, you know... uh, Are there many of those anymore, though? Well, things like uh, electro-chaff missiles. There's, if you're... You are, again... Thinking of FFG that promised that you didn't yeah. have to buy cross-faction. Yeah, 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 but I would like it if they could do that, because there are still people who say, I don't want to buy into this faction, or I only want this. But, uh, this has been an argument since first edition. The, yeah. the Star Viper was called the Autothrusters pack. For exactly, reason. I want to avoid that. But yeah, that, but yeah, they're a company. Their job's to make money. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is a dead band that we have beat a lot already. Yeah. So, uh, 
Like, uh, unfortunately, like AF- FFG tried to make a bunch of promises to people that they wouldn't have to buy stuff just for X and just for Y. And what happened is they didn't sell X-Wing for a couple of years. And now AMG controls them, and they're probably going to try and boost sales. So they're probably not going to follow those same stipulations. Fair enough. So with all of that, do we have any uh, particular shout-outs to give this week? I promised I'd shout Doug out for calculating my 2.0 win percentage before TTO disappeared. Yeah, so I was bored at work. Oh, I was going to say, and I, I have that, I have that in the spreadsheet already. Jobs? Yeah, I've been keeping that in the spreadsheet since 2.0 started. Well, Yeah, I had it, but I didn't know which tournaments were only in TTO and which were in Lost Fortress, so I just... Fair, but yeah, that's the thing. Uh, TTO is going one. away at the end of the month. Uh, pour one out, F's in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that uh, note... Co-op print yards. Oh yeah. Oh, are they? They're no longer doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, nope, they're uh, uh, the owner of that one is jumping on to uh, coming up with a new TTO. Yeah, he's on, he's on part of the crew that's trying to build a TTO replacement. But he's no uh, longer doing 3D printing. Yeah. Nope, uh, just got to be uh, too much when he's got a young kid. Uh, yeah. you know, I said one or the other. So that's the same with uh, Ken Show with. Um, yeah. District Foundry. District Foundry, Wait, yeah. Did you see that I got a shout-out on his thing? You did, yes. Yeah, yeah, he said for, like, undying support or something like that, some, some support thing. And I was like, holy shit, I'm on there. It's probably because I bought from him. like So done. much, yeah, you put one of his kids through college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout-out to my father, Bob Howe, who played 2.5 again of his own volition. Yes. So we're sitting here, str- oh, okay, Doug's having a great time. I'm struggling through Mustafar and get this thing in the chat, hey, Bob House play an X-Wing on purpose. No. And, but that's great. Good on you, Bob. He had an yeah. okay time for his exact words. The oh. two scenarios that he likes about as much as 2.0, he liked about as much as 2.0. And one of the scenarios he doesn't like as much, he didn't like as much. So... It met his expectations. <laughs> uh, uh, I definitely want to go ahead and give a shout-out to uh, uh, Luis Lozano, to Tim Gronenberg, and to uh, Andrew Oler, the winners of the big tournaments this weekend. Uh, you know, oh, 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 we were supposed to shout-out somebody from Mustafar, who I played. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Mitch, the yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mike Grohl's Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, was it William was, Hayes? Uh, Senval. I think it was William. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Senval. Yeah, William Hayes. He was super nice. We played in the the play into the cut, the top 32-ish. It was mm-hmm. it was five games to get into the top 16. Um, yeah. Uh, he was yeah, it was, it was buddy. <laughs> yeah, it was your attendance buddy. He he played me. It was a really good game. Really nice guy. Shout out to him. And uh, if you're well, if you're listening, hello. Yeah. Oh, uh, good there. Hello. <laughs> hello. hello 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 there this one's for you all right well hello. with that hello. on behalf of what oh. the what <laughs> Ray, you're enjoying <laughs> your freedom way too much man <laughs> i you out a lot we need you like an eight i have a true authentic self greg greg, greg is experiencing what we experienced at the in march of 2020 with sudden isolation yeah. <laughs> i haven't talked to anybody weird. over the age of four <laughs> help me so it's just like when i went into quarantine with smith hall poor poor taylor well on behalf of tashi station i'm matt i'm doug i'm alex and i'm Porg. And we will see you when we see you.
Hey, it was good to be back, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, so we should probably point out that we're we're probably just going to be doing one episode a month for a while, unless uh, information picks up, just for those that are curious why we haven't been putting out as many episodes. That's true. For those of you who have stuck around all this way past our uh, absolute BS off the rails segment, uh, yeah, a little bit slower, but we're still going to be out there providing you content. As usual, you can always interact with us on the Facebooks and everything. So we will see you later on after uh, Yavin comes out. We'll be giving our opinions on that. Mm-hmm. See you then, guys. Flat. Flat. Flat, Flat with the bubble eyes. In the Tur- bubble turret. Turret. Bubble turret. I'm a simple man. I chant one syllable things. <laughs> Tashi Station Radio is brought to you by the team of Greg Smith, Alex Smittle, Doug Howe, and Matt New. If you'd like to help us out with hosting and production costs, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and make a donation. It's always appreciated. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, for news and updates. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>